the Action Network podcast. I'm just about that action, boss. Most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. What up, what up, everybody? Welcome to the Action Network NFL Podcast. I am your host, Chris Raybon, and this is our AFC betting preview part one. We're going to talk about the AFC East and the AFC North in this episode. And joining me, the Prime Minister of Degenerate Nation, one of the sharpest NFL betters in the game, Stucky Stuck. What is good, my brother? One day closer. Excited, as always, to talk some NFL betting with you. Go through the AFC. Loaded AFC, I should say. I tagged you in the app today. As discussed, our Fade Cliff is underway. Right when we got off, actually, I got some uh, uh, some Cardinals under. So we'll see if we find something. I forgot about that. I'll, get up, I'll bet that <laughs> as soon as we're done here. See if we find anything else uh, on this one. And uh, we're going to talk through every team. We'll talk their win total, just general season outlook, you know, what we kind of how we have these teams rated, what we're looking for, um, you know, in terms of betting when the season comes up, you know, we'll be doing our episode that drops every Thursday during the season with our Sunday six pack. So uh, be sure to stay tuned for that. And, and we also got tons of, NFL betting episodes uh, leading up to week one here on the Action Network podcast. So check those out. We already got our NFC episodes up and our, our guy Jill Gallant has a anytime touchdown manifesto episode up as well. Kerner and I will also be doing a, an episode every Wednesday, uh, break it down all, all the top fantasy plays and, and projections. So a lot of good stuff coming on the channel. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you leave us a, a rating and review if you enjoyed the pod and we will uh, keep cranking these out. Let's kick it off with the Buffalo Bills. The total is 11 and a half. It's, it's very high and it's juiced to the over at minus 140. Uh, if you like the under 11 and a half, you can get it at plus 120. I still feel a void where that Bills plus, what was it? One and a half against the Chiefs bet didn't hit. I feel like we got robbed with the way the Bills season came to an end. For a team with a, a win total this high, it's actually rare. You know, they went 11 and 5 last year. Their point differential suggested they should have been a 13 win team. You know, they they actually finished 2.1 wins under their Pythagorean win total. Uh, I have them favored in 16 out of their 17 games. Now, the one thing I will say, uh, they did get extremely lucky when it came to injuries last year. Uh, they missed the second fewest games in terms of adjusted games lost. Uh, per football outsiders, but, you know, I, I still think this is a quality team, you know, Tredavious white, you know, might start the year on pup. That's obviously not ideal, but love Josh Allen. There's obviously some turnover here with, with Dabo going to the giants, but I don't know. Talk to me about the bills. I, I just think this is a very solid overall team. Always have liked McDermott. I think he's done an excellent job. You got the coach, you got the quarterback. They'll be in good shape, but what do you think about the win total this high? Yeah, I was very excited to talk about the AFC. wasn't excited to talk about the bills because we have to relive last year and that was my only future and had them 14 to one thought they were one of if not the best rosters in the nfl and look you look at the adjustment in the market now i don't think there's any value what, what are the bills five to five six to one to win the super bowl you know basically the same dominant team but uh, you know you need a break to hit a future and they didn't know how to squib kick and unfortunately couldn't win a coin toss and that'll be the last coin toss ever in the nfl playoffs yeah so yeah uh typical way to end it so but i don't see any value in them in the super bowl but i project them to win 12 games i do have them favored in 16 out of 17 i also like some of the spots they have like i like how they can face the rams and you're going across country for week one right it's not travels easy preparations easy then you get extra time for a revenge matchup against tennessee in your home opener because you're opening the season on a thursday the only game i don't have them favored in and it's barely i mean it's basically a coin flip was at kansas city similar spot to last year Bills playoff revenge uh, at Kansas City. You know uh, I'll be on there. And then, by the way, then they have a bye before they host the Packers. So it's I think from a, like a, a nuanced perspective, I like their schedule. 
by, by the way, yes, health is the only thing where it's just completely unpredictable. But the only thing that could regress and really hurt them. And if they have like a season like the Ravens did last year, then you're just screwed. Sometimes you have that in the NFL and there's no predicting it. But everywhere else, they were unlucky, right? I think they were 0-5 in one possession games. If you go deep, if you go two or three levels deeper into some of their analysis and look at, you know, turnover, timing of turnovers, timing of fourth down conversions, they were extremely unlucky. You know, from an injury perspective overall, they were fortunate. They dealt with a lot of moving parts in the offensive line. And when they had certain combinations in there, the offense, I mean, you saw it against Jacksonville, uh, one game that sticks out, their offensive line took a step back. So there's a new scheme in the offensive line. That's always something to watch with the Bills. And then the defensive side of the ball, you worry a bit about the age of the safeties, which is always just the, the Bills have had them forever. The last, I don't know, three or four years, they've been great on the back end of that defense. But if there's a drop off there, you could feel that on the defense. But the most important position to watch is cornerback. Yeah. Um, Trey White is still not back there. You know, obviously a number one corner. You lose Levi Wallace to the Steelers. You know, so it's a really iffy situation at cornerback. If White can't come back, you might go, they might put him on the pup list. They might put him on the IR for a little bit. Um, and then he's got to get back into the flow of things. So Kyrie Williams is a rookie. We know not to trust rookie corners. And word in camp is that it might be Christian Benford that is going for the number one corner spot if another rookie that if Trey White isn't ready. So the secondary is a major concern. Now, Trey White comes back and is healthy. You got to remember they didn't have him last year and they still were their defense was still rock solid across the board so there's a lot to like about the bills but there are some question marks assuming even they have decent injury luck but yeah i favor them in 16 games love them in a few key spots but early on i'm going to be watching that offensive line new scheme i project them at 12 wish they would have won the super bowl last year love bills mafia have some good friends that are bills fans i wish them luck this year well actually i wish them not that much like i have a raven super bowl future i wish them luck up until they face the Ravens in the playoffs. But yeah, one of the best teams in the NFL, the team that I have power rated the highest, uh, but no value. The market knows how good the bills are now. Yeah. Cause with that, with that juiced up 11 and a half, you're talking like 11, eight. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't see yeah. any value, but uh, yeah, I think that cornerback situation is concerning. I mean, you know, this, 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 they can win shootouts, you know, that's, that's the thing with the bills, but um, you know, and they got Von Miller. I think that'll help on the yeah. edge as long as he stays, you know, at the level that he's stayed at, even as he's he, good at last year. Yeah. 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 He's one of the, I think PFF had him like third in the, in the whole league among, yeah. Third among 109 ed rush, edge rushers, which is uh, very impressive. And, and Johnson, you know, he, he's good in the slot, you know, but you know, on the outside that that's going to become an issue when you're putting up 30 points on the other team. So I, I'm really watching this white news. Cause I, I think that'll be something to kind of keep in mind, you know, betting overs early in the year. I think that'll be something to keep in mind, you know, as, as good as those safeties are, you're going to be able to find space, you know, on, on the outside with this bill's cornerback situation, but yeah, no value. Let's go to the dolphins. One of the most interesting off seasons we've seen in a while. I mean, you had it, you had it all. You had, you had scandals, you had a new coaching staff, you have a marquee wide receiver jumping ship and Tyreek Hill coming over there. Uh, the win total is nine. Uh, the over is even money. The under is minus minus one twenty. you know, another team that got pretty lucky with injuries last year. Uh, they were top four in terms of fewest uh, adjusted games lost. They also outperformed their point differential you would have expected them to win 7.6 games they won nine so they are a regression candidate and i will say this you know brian flores got got canned and uh you know mcdaniel's been doing a good job out there in san francisco but flores they beat their uh pythagorean win total every year so they overachieved every year with flores um so we'll see if if mcdaniel mcdaniel could kind of get the same out of them um, and we already know that they're, they're kind of having issues with Gasicki and, and they might want to trade him. But what do you think of this offense, uh, first and foremost, with, you know, Tua uh, getting a new number one wide out in Tyreek Hill? Yeah, I, I, I love what the Dolphins did in the offseason. Um, I don't think that you can't not like what they did on the offensive side. The look, it's, it's a very complex breakdown of the Dolphins because you got to get into like all right, Tua, his accuracy, how, how he's not throwing downfield enough. But he's shown flashes. He has all the tools. And, I mean, just when you had an offense, when he was at Alabama with a good offensive line, weapons who could, you know, create after the catch, which is where he really thrives in. 
because he can also use his legs and that's where it's a perfect fit. And, you know, there's going to, it's a new scheme here. So there might be some growing pains. And I think today just threw four picks and uh, you don't know how much you take from camp, but uh, there's the point is there might be some growing pains with this offense and new pieces, but the biggest problem that Tua has faced, he hasn't had the greatest receivers and he's had dealt with receiver injuries, but it's been the offensive line. And the offensive line has been one of the worst in the NFL over the past couple of years. He has no time. So people are like, throw it downfield. It's like, all right, well, I got one second to throw the ball. Um, so now there's, he's going to have time. It's, you have the, a lot of these young guys that were in there for the, I mean, the Dolphins have had like basically at, at times it felt like that five rookies on their offensive line. You have a couple of those young guys that are now more seasoned. And then you go out and you add Armstead, assuming he can stay healthy at left tackle massive upgrade you had Connor yeah. Williams at center massive upgrade because center has been a disaster disaster for the Dolphins so now you have really good offensive line you bolster the running back room which is I assume in this Shanahan scheme going to be really important and then you had Tyree Kill who just makes an offense not only is he really good he makes an offense that much more difficult to cover and scheme for you have to worry about him over the top you got a home run hitter in Jalen Waddle you added Cedric Wilson who knows what, what's going to happen with Gasicki? You know, he's not blocking, isn't really his strong suit. And so, and it's his last year of his contract. So maybe they're going to end up shopping him. But regardless, if he's there or not, and there's enough weapons here and the offensive line has improved enough for this offense to take a major step forward. But there might be some growing pains early on. You know, that might be the difference between getting to the playoffs and not because the AFC is that loaded. It's going to be an absolute war for any AFC team to get to the playoffs. And yeah, you mentioned the, the Dolphins last year. They were, I would argue, the luckiest team in the NFL because, you know, they beat Davis Mills, Mac Jones twice, Zach Wilson twice, Cam Newton, Mike Glennon, Ian Book. I mean, these are the worst backups. You know, they face a number of backups and just a very favorable schedule when you peel a layer back i am worried about the defense this could be a sneaky over team eventually because not only do you lose flores but i'm really worried about number one the age of the cornerbacks as i talk about ad nauseum but our, this is a man defense it, it has been and that's what those corners play yep that's where you really see a drop off once these corners reach 30 31 and by the way there is no depth and this is really concerning early on in the year you have byron jones is not ready to come back yet from surgery he's still out they don't know when he's going to come back or if he's going to be ready for the opener then they were really counting on trill williams kid from syracuse he's out for the year he got hurt in preseason you would throw nick needham out on the outside and count on him and then you're get your bottom of the barrel for the slot their man defense kind of drives this engine comes down to maybe just the regression and that's that hits Miami and they end up with some growing pains early on, lose some games and they end up finishing right around 500. I project them 8.8. And I think their win and five win totals like 8.8. So no yep. value, interesting team. Yep. I think they're, yep. They're implied as 8.9. I have them favored in exactly nine. It's, and you know, it's not even a, you know, a hook. So uh, another team, no real value, but I, yeah, I think the defense has some upside, you know, if, if guys can stay healthy, like you said, I mean, if they can, if their secondary performs kind of get what they usually get from those corners, I mean, you know, I, I think it could be a, a decent team, but you know, at the same time, you know, even finishing you know, well, is going to be tough because no guarantee that, you know, like this whole Tua Tyreek thing works out. Love Waddle, but he's actually been dealing with an injury. Like you said, not ideal from a nuanced uh, perspective in terms of the schedule. And uh, so staying away from the, the Dolphins as well. Let's go to the Patriots. Uh, their win total is eight and a half. So right around 500, slightly juiced to the over at minus 120. So you could call it about 8.6. I think the O-line will still be, still be pretty good. They, Oh, decently lucky in injury luck last year, 11th and 11th fewest adjusted games lost. And I have a lot of games with them that could kind of go either way. Um, I have them favored in six. I, I have them essentially a pick them in three more. So it could be a, a high variance team. One thing is interesting is they're actually a positive, as, as crazy as it sounds, they're actually a positive regression candidate. They uh, won 10 games last year. They're Point implied point differential suggested they were more like a 12.4 win team. So that's why the biggest yeah, Pythagorean wins 12.6. I was yeah. shocked by that. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I have a 12.4, but either way. Yeah. Like about two and a half more wins. 
So it's really interesting. And then you look at, you know, Belichick and, you know, everyone's always going to kind of make or wonder about, you know, Belichick, Brady, you know, who mattered more. Obviously it's the quarterback. We know this just from a statistical perspective, um, you know, quarterbacks are essentially going to be passing in general is just going to impact the point differential uh, and outcome of a games more than any other single element in football. Uh, but it's interesting to, to look at Belichick, you know, all time, he was 15, five and two at new England um, but just one and two uh, without Brady in terms of going over the, the preseason win total. So if you combine that with his two and three record with Cleveland, he's 14 and three with Brady with a couple of pushes, but three and five without him. So is this, I look at this Patriots team. I'm just like, it could go either way. Cause I feel like Matt Jones has some potential and, and I feel like he, he could just take a, a kind of one of those quiet steps forward and become extremely efficient, even though they don't really have any big names on offense. But on the other hand, you know, is Belichick kind of paying it forward and grooming, you know, doing judge and Patricia a favor, especially Patricia and kind of, okay, you can, you can call the offense now. And I, you know, we haven't heard good things out of camp uh, regarding the offense's performance. The defense, I think, is going to take a step back. You know, losing J.C. Jackson, I know I know they like Mills, and you know, they always seem to unearth like a new shutdown corner. But, I mean, J.C. Jackson has been one of the best corners, and, and just in terms of, of the way he's been able to create turnovers and, and you know, lock up uh, you know, receivers in man coverage. So I still think the defense takes a step back. Um, so overall, like not an, another team, I don't want to touch the over for, um, but I think it's a higher variance team, even than Miami, um, just because you still have Belichick, you have this kind of uncertainty with, with Mac Jones and, and the defense always, they always seem to kind of develop well, um, with those guys and, and they'll, they'll kind of peak, I think later on in the year. So what do you think about these, uh, these Patriots? I am worried about the offense and everything that I'm hearing. I mean, you turn the offense over to Matt Patricia, that feels like it's like a parody or something like is that real i thought it was like an onion article and then you lose you know a guy and josh now has been there forever and had so much success and obviously was beloved by belichick so that could be a steep decline they'll lean on their rushing attack which should be really good and new yeah, scheme matt though jones, new scheme yeah, new scheme and i think feel like matt jones it could be bailey zappy by the way i'm just kidding I think I feel like Mac Jones showed enough to have faith in him um, mm-hmm. taking a step forward in the next year. And, you know, Belichick talked about, I think the other day he was talking about how it's like from year one to year two in the NFL, it's like getting a, a master's and a doctorate in one year in football. So especially with when you're under him and you can assume that Mac Jones is only going to get better, but the, I, there's the pieces around him are okay. The offensive line, is, I think this will be okay, but I'm worried about the defense too. I mean, they, they were across the board. They finished like a top five defense last year, but you did have Jackson locking down. They were, I think, number one in the NFL against number one receivers. You know, he was, I think, number one in the NFL in passes defended number, I think number one or two in interceptions. This is a, a secondary, which was kind of led the defense in recent years where you had like prime Gilmore Jackson, like now you look and it's like, okay, Jalen Mills, it's been okay, but as you don't want him as your number one, there's word that Jack Jones, rookie from Arizona State, who I actually love in the future, but there has been like talk that he was maybe going to be the number one. I think the defense, I think, finished. I think I had him just from a metric standpoint, finished just like the top five last year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They were and great. they're going to be a slightly below average. That's what I haven't projected at. Maybe Belichick proves me wrong, but I think the loss of Jackson, the linebacker group is pretty underwhelming. You know, you lose a couple other guys that were important and, and versatile, a guy like Van Noy. So we'll see if some of these young young kids on the defense can take a step up up front. But I think that the secondary could be in for some trouble. I also, if I, you look at the Patriots' schedule, I don't like it. I know I project them at 8-6, and they're at 8-6. I have some bets coming. Don't worry, everyone listening, but not so far. So if they get off to a slow start, which they're, you know, at Miami, at Pitt, Ravens at Packers, first four, not easy. Mm. And then you look, it's just a very bizarre finish. They got a really easy middle of the schedule. Their end of season schedule is pretty wild. They, so they go to Minnesota on a Thursday night. Then they're back home against Buffalo on a Thursday night. They are at Arizona on a Monday night. And then on a short week, they're at Vegas on a Sunday night. So, I mean, that is four straight primetime games at Minnesota, back to Foxborough, out to Arizona, short week, got to stay out there, go to Vegas. Um, And then you're home on a short week, coming back across country, home against the Bengals. 
it's it, it's a lot. I'm curious. It's a, it's a crazy end of the season schedule. So I don't like the schedule just from a nuanced perspective, but I project them right on, give Belichick benefit of the doubt if I had to bet it. But no bet, no bet on the Patriots. Yeah, I only got them favored in six. I got a bunch of games that could go either way. It's, yep, same. The best way to approach them is just going to be week to week. They're a situational team. Still some question marks on, on that defense, I agree. All right, let's finish up the AFC East with the New York Jets. Oh, no! We suck again! Their win total is five and a half. Uh, juice to the over at minus 160. Uh, the under is plus 130. They were really unlucky when it came to injuries last year. Had the second most uh, adjusted games lost. And they're already starting off on a bad foot with, with Zach Wilson being out. Although, in terms of just straight up like power ratings, I don't, the drop-off from Wilson to Flacco, I mean, it's probably non-existent until Wilson proves himself. I only have him favored in three games, so I, I see why this win total is dropping. I think it was at six at, at one point or even six and a half. Um, they were a 4.1 win team in terms of the Pythagorean win total last year. I, I do like uh, what they have done at the skill positions on offense, you know, getting Conklin, getting Uzoma, that should finally solidify the, the, the tight end room. I think Garrett Wilson is a nice compliment to uh, Elijah Moore. You still got Corey Davis. He's uh, Berrios is good slot guy, special teams guy. And uh, you know, the line, I, I had high hopes for the line too, but you know, now we got uh, what was Mike McKay Becton's out again. So, you know, it's, it just seems like the in injuries are going to be the Jets' downfall, and they're clearly the worst team in, in this division. Um, so, I, you know, it's – I don't have a lot of – I still think they're a year away at least. Uh, but what do you think? Yeah, here's about it. I did play the Jets under. Um, liked it better at six, but I also played some five-and-a-half-plus money. I project them at five on the dot and this really comes down to if you believe in zach wilson or not I, I some people do for some reason like i, I see like tiktoks running the people that are just like zach wilson is I, i'm like what did you see last year to believe that um had one of the worst rookie seasons in the history of the nfl statistically i didn't i didn't see anything to make me believe that'll change and now he's out like this these are valuable this is valuable time where you're getting reps and um i like the receivers yeah becton's a big loss um this is still one of the worst defenses in the NFL. Um, and I like where they're headed. And I, I think there's light at the end of the tunnel. Jets fans, I love their draft. Um, Sauce Gardner is my guy. And oh, by the way, speaking of corners, I, I, I failed to mention Terrence Mitchell, who I'm not a fan of. That's another who's going to be in the rotation for the Patriots. And then they have like three Joneses. You have Jonathan Jones, Marcus Jones they drafted, Jack Jones they drafted. I'm going to get confused with all the which Jones is starting. Um, keep it up with the Joneses. That should be the uh, secondary theme for the Patriots this year. But anyway, I digress. Uh, yeah, so the defense still working. I love Sauce Squad. I think he's a future all pro. But Patrick Peterson is like the exception where you come in and then you dominate as a rookie. Um, so you can't really expect much. You just hope he's not Okuda. Um, and, you know, he's gonna. there's going to be some growing pains. That's to be expected. That's okay. It's a lot different game in the NFL playing cornerback. Um so, yeah, and then you look at the, the schedule. Um, they're in the AFC, too. Like the, the, it's brutal. Um, you know, I think that the, the Patriots are who they are. I think the Dolphins got better. The Bills are one of the best teams. Ever. That's just your division. And go out, go out to the other divisions, the AFC. It's, it's uh, tough sledding. So, yeah, I project them right at five. And it basically just comes down to, I don't believe in Zach Wilson. If you do, if someone out there does, you probably like the Jets to go over. But yeah, I have them with the eighth hardest schedule too. It's like this is a team that finished in last place. That's what you get in the AFC. The two games I haven't favored in, I haven't favored in by under a point. So, and it's the Lions and Bears. Oh my, at home. So I don't like the schedule. I just like where are the win. You better hope they beat the Bears. Lions and Jags. And I think the Lions and Jags could be improved this year. You better beat those teams at home if you bet this over. And then you got to find three other wins. And that's hard to find on this schedule. So five and a half is a low number in the NFL on the 17 game schedule, but I five and a half under plus money. I'm not a believer in Zach Wilson. That's basically what it boils down to. 
I like this under as well, especially because you're you're still getting it at plus money. And like I said, I think there's a legitimate chance for an 0-10 or a 1-9 start. You know, I when you look at that early season schedule, those first 10 games, I think the only, the best opportunity for a win you see is at Cleveland with Jacoby Brissett starting, but that's still in Cleveland. That's still a team with a good O-line. That's still a team, you know, that's the dog pound. They, they still have a, a run game. And their quarterback yeah. is arguably going to be no worse than the Jets starter, whether it's Flacco or Wilson. So... You know, I I don't know how you get to six wins if you're if you're looking to bet an over, but I, I see a lot of ways to get to five or fewer wins. Yeah. One thing I like to look at with these low win totals is week 18, the final week of the season. And in the AFC, like it's hard to see any team running away. I mean, every division's so hard. You're not gonna it's like to have the one seed locked up. It it's gonna be tough. But the Dol- the Dolphins are a team where they're not gonna be like I, maybe they will, but I, I doubt that they're going to be resting starters in week 18 because they locked up the bye. And it could get ugly earlier and then just spiral, right? Like you said, because it could start out in 10 and then it's like, oh, so yeah, under Jets. All right, let's jump to the AFC North. Uh, let's start with your Ravens. It's Baltimore, gentlemen. The gods will not save you. Their win total is nine and a half. It's heavily juiced to the over at minus 160. So you're talking about more like that's really 10. 10 on the dot. If you're, if you're talking win totals, I'm sure there's some tens out there, depending what book you're betting at. But I got to say this, man, <laughs> in terms of injury luck, uh, statistically speaking, they had the worst injury luck on record uh, in the last two decades. Uh, and, 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 and by a wide margin as well, they lost uh, over 191 games uh, to injury last year. That tops the previous high of just under 172 uh, you know, over these last two decades. So, you know, the Ravens, a healthy Ravens team is obviously a different beast than, you know, what was going on last year with that secondary. You look at Harbaugh and his career in Baltimore, uh, eight, five and one to the over. Uh, so I think there are a lot of things to like about this team. And I know you like them as well. Um, so talk about them and why you, uh, why they're your only Super Bowl future. Yeah. We talked about our preseason our post Super Bowl wrap up, they were thirty to one out there. I was like, "This is outrageous!" Just like the Bills. I mean, the the Bills last year. I think we're out of whack. I think the Ravens are too. To buy low, sell high principles in the NFL. I think everyone just kind of got off the Ravens after last year, and is off Lamar Jackson. When people forget that this team, it's the we what did you just talk about the the Rams won a Super Bowl because Tart dropped an interception. Uh, the the Bills didn't because they didn't know how to squib kick. It's the NFL. Like the Ravens were always in the mix. They got into the playoffs. And then it comes down to random plays here or there. It comes down to they went 0 of 8 and on fourth down against the Titans or um, the pick six against the Bills. Like, um, they're going to be in the mix, whether you think Lamar Jackson get him over the hump or not. I think it, 30 to 1 was outrageous. 25 to be still find 22 to 1. Um, this is, I think, just out of whack from where I have them priced. I have them projected closer to 11 wins. You mentioned the injury luck. I love the draft. You love the organization. You love all the little things, the coaching, um, one of the best coaching situations in the NFL, one of the best special teams units in the NFL, which there will always be some hidden wins there. I saw that against the Lions last year. Um, the punter, by the way, I, I wanted the punt guy, but Jordan Stout is looking yeah. extremely did he, good. Did, he, did you see him, uh, him and Tucker switch spots and he kicked an extra point? Like, mm-hmm. his, mm-hmm. like so that means if, I mean, God forbid, anything ever happens to Tucker, like, in-game. Like, don't you know, be there. Yeah, I'm just saying. I said God forbid, knock on wood. but We had enough injury luck last year. We don't need our best player going down. Um, so, uh, yeah, so, like, the – you know, the offensive line, the running backs, everyone was hurt. Last year. And then the whole secondary. So they should have one of the best secondaries in the NFL. And last year, they're throwing backups out there every week, giving up 50 to Burrow. Speaking of which, they have a new defensive coordinator, which I think they needed to do. I've talked about this before. Blitz heavy. Wink Martindale, I think, could do some good things with the Giants. We need to create some pressure. But the, the elite quarterbacks in the NFL, I mean, the AFC, you, you can't just blitz them every play. We've seen it. Go look at Burrow's numbers against the blitz. But look at Mahomes' numbers against the Blitz. And then look at what they've done to the Ravens over the past couple of years. So I think uh, a scheme change helped. I love the addition of Marcus Williams. I love the draft across the board. I think that them, the Giants, and the Jets, had, they, they were my three highest-rated drafts. Um, so big bounce-back year for the Ravens. And, yeah, I think they'll be in the mix. They'll get into the playoffs. 
the biggest weakness on the team by far. Everyone knows it. And by the way, Isaiah likely looks like yeah. that. I, mean, I was about to say, how do we monster? How do we get this far talking about the Ravens without mentioning Isaiah likely? Like this dude, he's probably what I think is yeah. gonna happen is he's gonna be like they're gonna use him kind of like Miami sure. used Gasicki. Yeah, yeah. Like mm-hmm. I got him projected for uh tight end snaps, but also wide receiver snaps. Yeah, we I did a uh I just did a, a fantasy draft with my wife's work and then I did another one with old friends and I've I've likely in every draft and now I gotta do one with you fucks. Um <laughs> all like the fantasy experts. Uh and I'm like, God damn it, there's no way I'm ever I'm gonna end up getting likely. Um, but now everyone's starting to know about him. But uh yeah, that so he really helps and obviously you have Mark Andrews, but still it's like you know, you you traded away Hollywood Brown. Um, and I like the trade from the Ravens perspective. You look at what they initially used to get them and then what they got back in return, the Ravens fleece the Cardinals. But, you know, now you're asking Rashad Bateman to be your number one, Devin Duvernay. I don't think you can win the Super Bowl with that. So what did to go back to the Ravens 2012? What did they do in leading up to that year? They, by the way, they fired their offensive coordinator during that year. They brought in Anquan Bolden. That's who they need. They need a, they need to. They need an Anquan Bolden and they need to sign him at some point during the year. And I think that that's kind of the missing piece. I, I think this is one of the better teams in the AFC. There's so much to like about them. And then they're a major regression candidate. Yeah. I also like the nuances of their schedule. Big bounce back year for the Ravens. I think anything over 20 to one is a play to win the Super Bowl. I actually like Bateman. I think he can. I think he's going to surprise some people as a one because looking at Matt Harmon's uh, reception perception breakdown of Bateman and, you know, he takes an eight game sample and looks at how well they get open, you know? So not just uh, when he's, when they're targeted, but just how they're lining up, how much they're beating each type of coverage. And Bateman was 74th percentile against man, 81st percentile against press and 85th against zone. And they were lining him up as the X. Like, so he was on the line of scrimmage, like was able to beat press coverage uh, so I think, and they really haven't had that. Like Marquise Brown wasn't that. So I'm actually more worried about uh, Greg Roman than I am the receiving court at this point, because what I started to see last year out of them, I don't know if you noticed this too, was, uh, you know, for the first time in I think a while, like it really became easy to game plan for the Ravens offense. And like teams just started to like play man coverage, blitz. Uh, blitz, you know, set like the, if you ever played Madden, like it's essentially like the engage eight, like it just send everybody who's not covering a receiver. It's sort of with that Dolphins Thursday yeah. night game. Yeah, yep. Yeah. The offensive numbers actually at times looked better with Huntley and, and Johnson just because, it, it, you know, defenses didn't have like this. You're something in. different. Yeah. yeah, they didn't have like this tried and true way of just game planning for the Ravens anymore. And, and Mark Andrews' numbers really kind of took off too when, when Lamar went down. So uh, we'll see. You know, he's had a whole offseason. You know, the O-line should be in better shape. There's no guarantee with Dobbins. Edwards is on the pup. So there are some things to worry about if like Roman doesn't have his full complement of backs and and he hasn't quite figured it out. But uh, if they can put it all together, I agree. I think this is one of the highest upside teams in the league. They were obviously a lot better value earlier in the offseason. Now they're about 20 to one, which is a little more in line with, I think, their true odds. Um, but uh, I do like this Ravens team. I'm just watching for, for how Roman looks um, and how he's scheming up this offense. Uh, let's talk the Cincinnati Bengals. The Cincinnati Bengals came roaring back. Coming off the Super Bowl loss, do we get a Super Bowl hangover? Their win totals at 10, even money to the over, minus 120 to the under. Uh, pretty lucky in terms of injuries last year, seventh fewest games missed, uh, adjusted. Uh, I do like their improve, the improvements they made to the offensive line. They should have, you know, four good offensive lineman at least, which is a major step up. Uh, you know, don't underestimate, you know, Jamar Chase second year leap as good as he was last year. The receiving core is good. The offense should be fine. Uh, I wish they would let Chris Evans take over for P Ryan in, in that uh, third down role. And then on defense, I mean, the, the defensive line is decent. Like Logan Wilson at linebacker, the safety should be good with Bates and Bell. As much as I want to just say, okay, fade the Bengals. Like it's still a, on paper, at least a pretty rock solid uh, team, what do you think? Well, I've seen a lot of people want to fade the Bengals, but I don't see that. Um, I don't see any value either way. But I thought I was going to be fading, but I'm not. And their their main weakness on their offense, what well, was twofold last year, was the early in the season was the play calling and like just inefficient. Let's run on first down. They Taylor finally opened that up later in the year, um, which I think was important. But it's 
Joe Burrow is he's the truth. He's Joe Burrow. And you have those receivers, Mixon, and then you improved the primary weakness all year, which was the offensive line. And they definitely were fortunate last year in a number of different categories. And I, I think the defense is as a whole overrated and they definitely overperformed. I pray for Eli Apple against the, the uh, Chiefs this year. Had that circled. He was tweeting up a storm um, after that win over the Chiefs. The Chiefs probably spent a couple of days, the staff this year, picking on plays to burn him with celebrations. But, yeah, they improved their offensive line. I think the defense will take a step back. But they really benefited from the division last year. The Ravens, we just talked about it, the most injured team in NFL history. And the Browns also had really bad luck in dealing with injuries all season as well. So it was like the perfect storm in what was supposed to be a tough division. And then, you know, Roethlisberger turned into a pumpkin. So it was kind of the perfect storm for them to get in the playoffs. And as I said, that's all you need to do in the NFL, get into the playoffs. If you have a good quarterback, you obviously need a good quarterback, which the Bengals did. And then they got fortunate in the playoffs. It's what you need um, until the Super Bowl. If Derek Carr doesn't hit a helmet, they probably lose at home to the Raiders. So I think it's going to be tougher for them to get into the playoffs this year because the AFC is just loaded uh, across the board. But I, I'm not in a rush to fade them. It's still Barrow, it's still an offensive-driven lead. And you have Joe Barrow, those receivers mixing, a coach who showed that he's now more willing to, you know, let Burrow open it up on early downs. So, yeah, I do have questions about the defense. They do have a very tough schedule. I have them with the fifth toughest schedule. And by the way, the Ravens have with the 20th toughest schedule because they finished in last place. That was big for them. And, some of the games they got as a result were massive. Yeah, Bengals, um, I think they're priced pretty properly in the market. Like you said, this AFC is loaded. So, yeah, I don't, I don't see any value there. But I'm not, I'm not one of those people that's just saying, oh, Super Bowl hangover, got to fade them at all costs. You know, you're just going to have to find opportunities week to week to, to back this team, depending on, you know, how the market's going. Uh, the Cleveland Browns, you know, they're, most of their lines are uh, still off the board, but their win total is up at eight and a half, plus 110 to the over. You know, they should have a good offensive line still. I know they lost their center, which is not ideal. But the one thing that I think does Cleveland some favors is that, you know, and these schedule makers, I mean, I, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because they're scheduled to start the year at Carolina versus the Jets versus the Steelers at Atlanta, three wins, maybe four. If they, if they, if things go right. And that's even with Brissett. And then, and then it starts to get tougher, you know, even with Watson, you know, after that Houston game at Cincy home against Baltimore, home against the saints at Washington, at Pittsburgh, eight and a half, probably considering the easy schedule early, but the tough schedule late, I, I don't really see any value either way. Um, but what do you think of this, this Browns team? Yeah. It's, uh, there's a lot of uncertainty here. And I mean, Watson looked awful by the way. I mean, and plus, it, he, like he had so much time off and then you're going to count on him to come back after 12 games. It'll be 700 days on the dot in between games, live regular season NFL action and just on a new team and then just be fine while everyone else is in week 12. Then it's the end of the season. So it's, it's hard to project like, what are you going to get from Watson when he comes back? Right. Cause you, there has to be some kind of adjustment period from what I've seen, they're running a whole new offense with based on RPOs and motion. Like with doing that with Brissett is like, I, I don't know. The defense is going to be really good though, and the offensive line is still good, and the rushing attack still should be good. Brissett is just still who he is, and I, I just don't think it's going to work. And from what I've seen, what they're trying to do with this offense, but they'll be in like low scoring games. So, so like they're going to be in a lot of like coin flip games. I think their defense is going to be really good um, if they can stay healthy. You know, they're going to run the ball, I think, try to shorten games with Brissett. It's a really smart, analytically driven set. So they're going to be in some games when they're underdogs, and um, they're going to be in some close games against teams that they should be. So I think that there's a high variance, really high variance with this team, especially considering we don't know what we're going to get with Watson when he comes back. But I would tend to think it's worse than people are, are assuming. So I projected them, let's see, before Watson – like if you assume Watson for the full games and then he was back to what he was, I, I projected them over 10, 10 wins. If they don't have him for the whole year, I'm at like seven, eight, seven, nine. I assume him, he comes back, but he's not going to be that effective, but it's going to be a, a bit of an improvement. Uh, so I'm at like eight, three. 
So I don't know. It's very hard to project. I think that they're a positive regression candidate. They're well coached. I like their defense, like their rushing attack, like their offensive line. So there's things to like here. It's tough sledding the AFC, man, but I, I think they'll probably end up finishing right around their win total. And it'll come down to what Watson can give them late. And I would tend to think that it's not going to be much. I mean, it's just such a huge learning curve and so much rust that if I had to guess, they end up going under. It's, it kind of reminds me a little of the Saints. It's like good, good defense with a lot of quality players and then like good, great running back. It's just, it just, there's just some uncertainty there where you could see them winning anywhere from like five to 12 games. So if you do like Cleveland, I wouldn't attack the win total. I know it is at plus money, but I, I would go, you know, division, you know, they're, they're sizable underdogs to win the division plus 380 to win the division. You know, I believe they're plus money to make the playoffs as well. But Stefanski, the run game defense, if they, if they could survive that stretch with Brissett and Watson's, you know, Watson, uh, this, this could be a double digit win team. So like you said, the win total is right, but they do have some upside. It's just that they have some downside as well. So, but maybe the way to attack their upside is a Super Bowl future. I got to see where, where it is settled. What is it sitting at right now? 40 to one, 40 to one. The thinking there is they sneak into the playoffs, right? Like, Brissett kind of just, they tread water with Brissett, win some of these close games with their defense and rushing attack. And then later in the season, Watson, it takes him a few games to get acclimated and get up, catch up back up to speed. And then they sneak into the playoffs, right, is the last spot. But then Watson has gotten a number of games under his belt. And then you have all of a sudden, you're like the scariest seven seed. Then you have your defense, your rushing attack, all those things are going to work really well in the playoffs with if he's back to an elite quarterback and then all of a sudden you're 41, you're like, Oh shit. Yeah. I think that's that You got to go upside with, with Cleveland just based on uh, the circumstances. Let's finish up with Pittsburgh. Here we go. Steelers. Here we go. Pittsburgh's going to the Super Bowl. Here we go. The win total is up to seven and a half at even money. I kind of like this team a little, you know, earlier in the off season when the, the win total, I think was at seven at, at one point. Uh, might even been some six and a half out there. Now it's up to seven and a half. I don't like it as much, but I still, I think Pittsburgh is still interesting because, you know, we know Tomlin's never had a losing season on one hand. On the other hand, they're a regression candidate. They, you know, outperformed their uh, Pythagorean wins by two last year. They won nine Pythagorean said seven uh, Tom window. Love him. They're going to be, you know, they're going to be an underdog in I, I count 10 or 11 games probably this year. You know, we know Tomlin is an underdog. Uh, he's 10 and 5 to the over, so hitting two thirds of the time in terms of the win total overs. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. And then you have like kind of this unrealized upside with Kenny Pickett because he's like really good in the pre. I know it's just preseason, relax, but he's like really good. And Mitch, uh, Mitch Falsbisky, Mitch Bortles, whatever you want to call him, he's actually won with teams like this in the past. He's only had one losing season as a starting quarterback. Uh, you know, he had those good Bears defenses behind him. So, like, I'm Kind of intrigued by Pittsburgh, but I liked it a lot better at, you know, where you could push at seven, uh, even though Tomlin's never had that losing season. Seven and a half, I still have them uh, as underdogs in, like I said, 10 to 11 games. Now they do great in those spots, but, you know, it's still, you know, betting it over to, to, for a team to win eight games when you have them underdogs in 11 is uh, it's not exactly ideal either. Yeah, I like this under, and I know you're going, we're going against a lot of history here, but I played under seven and a half. I know Tomlin has never had a losing season. He's been eight and eight a bunch, and now we have 18-game seasons. He's, oh, and he's always had Ben Roethlisberger outside of one season. And last year you could say, well, Ben Roethlisberger was awful, and the quarterback play this year might be awful, but it can't be much worse than last year. But last year they were basically, I don't know, a five-win team that won nine games. I mean, if not only did they get extremely lucky in a number of games, they won eight, two, and one, by the way, eight, two, and one in one-possession games. And it wasn't just that. Let's take a look at their, their wins last year. Oh, oh, by the way, all of their wins, they won nine games. Nine, they went nine, seven, and one. All of their wins came by one possession, except for one. You know what that one was? That was against the Browns to close out the regular season. Where the kid, it was like, I think it was the second to last game. When they were playing for their playoff hopes, in Big Ben's last home playoff game, when the Browns were eliminated, it was a Monday night, the Browns were eliminated the night before. And they didn't play a bunch of their starters. Still, in order to win by two possessions that game, Najee Harris had to break a run with like eight seconds to go of like a 50-yard run. So really, all nine of their wins came by one possession. They tied the Lions in overtime because Detroit's backup kicker 
missed the game-winning field goal. I mean, every single possible thing went right for this team. Played a number of backups. Every single team turned it over on downs inside the last minute. Eight, two, and one. Really, nine, two, and one in one possession games if you count that Browns game. So, yeah, major regression coming. Division is loaded. And look, their defense are going to get a ton of sacks. Like clockwork, they'll, they'll lead the league in sacks. But I think their defense, I mean, statistically, middle of the pack last year, not a fan of their cornerback situation. I think their defense is a bit overrated. Run defense is not good. Um, I don't trust Kenny Pickett to win nine, eight, nine games in the AFC this year. Um, and I certainly, you know, my thoughts on Mitch Bortles. You've just been Bortled. And the Steelers also have the worst offensive line. Top one of the yeah. worst three offensive lines. Them and the Bears, yeah, they're up there with the Bears in the NFL. Um, which is uh, now maybe it's the mobility factor for Trubisky will help, but uh, I'm selling the Steelers. I think they finally go under, and Tomlin finally doesn't get to eight wins. I don't know. I, I kind of disagree. Like I would much like this win total to get back down to seven. Um, but I actually like the upside of this team. I think I think we can buy low here because. I don't think it could be understated. I don't think it could be understated how bad Ben Roethlisberger was. Like the last three years, he essentially averaged about six yards uh, per pass attempt. Like that is bottom of the barrel, just hideous, especially in a modern NFL, you know. Yeah, and that's why last year they should have won like five games. Yeah, no, I agree. But I do think with... Do you think Trubisky's worth three Well, no, well, first of all, I think Pickett takes over sooner than later. And I, I think my point is, I think there's a lot of unrealized upside with the fact that, number one, Pickett has looked really good. Like, he could just be... He, he could be... Even Trubisky could be an upgrade on Roethlisberger passing and running, which is sad. But uh, Pickett could be a major upgrade. Uh, on which which rookie Roethlisberger. quarterback have you seen succeed in the NFL behind uh, a horrendous offensive line? Give me one example. I mean, he can move though. That's the thing. It's it's not like we have a big sample size. Trevor guys Lawrence running. can move. Stewart can move. <laughs> fair, fair. But he was with Urban Meyer. Like I'm saying, you have Mike Tomlin. Let's go, Matt. I'm just saying, I think there's a lot of upside here because you combine all these things. You have Tomlin. Pick an offensive rookie of the year. <laughs> no, I will. I, I I mean, it's funny because there was a point where I thought he was overvalued too. Um, you know, he was like leading the field and he was a third string. But now I think he may he may actually get this job by week one. But I, I just think with the mobility for the quarterbacks, it, it can't get any worse. You still have talent at the skill positions. Uh, the line should be bad. It should be a little bit better, uh, you know, with, with, uh, with Daniels. Uh, I think the defense underachieved last year given like they like a lot of guys just didn't have good years i think i think they bounced back like you said they can so they also pressure. face they also that was, yeah. by the way they have faced the, the hardest schedule in the nfl for my numbers see here's the thing with pittsburgh we know we we know this we know mike what mike tom was going to do in these games when they're underdogs what we don't know we haven't seen the upside that's that that's there with Pickett. we're we're kind of judging them based off just just hideousness that was roethlisberger with with, the, with that offense and I just think like now it's like, even if it is Trubisky, which I don't think it will be long-term, like he's an upgrade passing. You have, you have good receivers. You have a good Stop. running back. You have good, you have, still have good players in the secondary. You still have TJ Watt. Like you get pressure. You can win. They can win any division game, even on the road. Like they could beat Cincinnati on the road. They could be Baltimore on the road. Like I just think people are going to be surprised. Like it's just not a smash under. Like, I, I feel like it's a trap. Like, I feel like it's like, we're always expecting Pittsburgh to finally take that step back. Uh, I just think if they didn't do it these last I think it's the years, opposite. Everyone's going to be like, Tomlin never lost double-digit games. Um, I mean, never lost more than – he's never won fewer than eight games I'm going yeah. over. Um, I think you're giving way too much credit to Trubisky, um, who could end up – yeah, he could have like 17 picks, you got to remember too. Um, and, and yeah, by the way, they, another nuance here with the second-hardest schedule is – they play, you know, they go to the Browns in week three on a short week after playing the Patriots. Their home game against the Browns is the final game of the year when Watson will have four games under his belt. That's when you get the Browns at home. That's unfortunate. I, mean, I get it. Um, I get it. So, I get it. I get it. I'm just yeah. saying, like, it's. I just think I wouldn't be surprised. Like, I'm not saying go out and bet the mortgage. I'm just saying. I wouldn't be surprised if the Steelers surprised a lot of people. I mean, it's like, it's just like, they kind of defy all it's like even Trubisky. It's like, he had that horrible rookie year with John Fox. You remember that they barely threw the ball. Uh, and then, you know, he was on a bears team with some decent defenses, kind of like the Pittsburgh team. You know, even if you don't think they're elite, they're decent. Uh, 25 and 13 is a starter in those games. Like I just, is this Steelers team significantly worse than those bears teams? Like I, 
In my opinion, no. No, but they're in. But look at the <laughs> look at the conference yeah. and the schedule. That's the difference. I'm just saying. I, I think. I don't think. I don't think the Steelers' defense is as good as that, those that Bears' defense. I mean, fair. We'll we'll see. We'll see. But uh, yeah. I, uh, but I, that, the one thing I will say for Steelers fans, um, yeah, and I agree that Tomlin has overperformed a lot. But some of the the because the defense was like just average last year. If some of the off-season signings, here's where the upside is: the defense becomes into that top five unit. You know, if like Miles, Jack, KZ, and Wallace, if they all hit, and then you add Flores, who I think can bring some Brian Flores, we talked about some nuance to this defense and add some wrinkles. And we both think, think highly of Flores. Um, maybe the defense does make a jump back into a top five unit, which I'm not assuming they are. So that's why my numbers are a little more depressed. And then I also hate rookie quarterbacks behind offensive, young, awful offensive lines. And I hate Mitch Portals. Empty set for Trubisky. With time downfield, wants Robinson. Intercepted again by Shaquille Griffin. And it's intercepted. Trubisky over the middle. Pass deep downfield into a lot of traffic, and that is going to be picked off at the 36-yard line. And that's intercepted at the 40-yard line. Overthrow. You did not have to do that. You did not have to do that. You, you're forcing something. Even if you agree, like, you don't need to bet the Steelers win total because we're going to get, like I said, 10, 11 games probably where they're underdog and you could just, you know, attack the underdog goat Mike Tomlin, so. Let the greatest of all time look at your work. Uh, yeah, I, I think Steelers are surprised. You don't. Let's see how it plays out. Uh, that's going to do it for this episode. Let's uh, quickly recap uh, what we like. For me, it's really it's really just that Jets under and some maybe some high upside plays on the uh, on the Cleveland Browns. But uh, yeah, that, that's about all I see for value in these two divisions. Uh, Ravens only Super Bowl future. I like the Jets under, and I played the Steelers under, which is where we disagree. But good discussion all around. Yes, sir. All right. That's going to wrap it for us. Uh, remember, we got tons of betting episodes on the channel leading up to week one. Uh, so check it out. We got our NFC episodes up right now. We'll be back with part two. And we'll talk the AFC South, the AFC that loaded AFC West. So be sure to keep it locked, subscribe. And uh, if you like the pod, leave us whatever you have time to do. You can find Stuck on Twitter at Stucky2. You can find me at Chris Raybon. You can find us at those same handles in the free award-winning Action Network app. And be sure to check out actionnetwork.com for all of our NFL betting and fantasy and college football content. Until next time, let's get this money. Right.